Hello, welcome to Grit in Medicine, a Mayo Clinic Talks production inspiring grit, growth, resilience, inspiration, and tenacity in medicine. My name is Dr. Anjali Bagra, an internist in executive health. And I'm Dr. Susie Mosler, an anesthesiologist specializing in pain medicine at Mayo Clinic. And we're your hosts for Grit in Medicine. Subscribe today on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app to get notified when new episodes are released. Today we're going to have a discussion about identity between home and work, as well as authenticity in medicine. And we are pleased to welcome Dr. Alex Anderson, one of our colleagues in anesthesiology and transplant, to discuss these topics. Well, welcome, Dr. Anderson. Thank you. Well, I know you professionally, and uh, a few of us know you through social media. But for our listeners who haven't had the chance to follow you yet, um, tell us a few interesting facts about yourself. I was born and raised in Madison, Wisconsin, and I think that's pretty interesting because I don't eat any dairy, and I don't like beer, and I don't like football. (laughs) That Um, is, the Packers will feel very hurt. I I, I love the Packers for my mom, but um, I'm obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You might not know that. upon meeting me, but that is a hardcore part of my personality, and I'm also obsessed with the Beastie Boys, so. That part I did get from Twitter, (laughs) so. um, And you are extremely authentic, I would say, and that's why we wanted you on today. You practiced medicine on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just tell us a snippet on your path through training and then into practice? So I was born and raised in Madison, went to medical school there and um, undergrad as well. And then I went uh, out to UCSF for residency. I started out in surgery, um, plastic surgery actually. I was pretty pretty bent on being a surgeon. Um, And then two years into the program, I I loved it, but then I sort of fell in love with the ICU, critical care, Mm -hmm. and had some anesthesia mentors. Um, in the ICU and, and really kind of started looking over the drape, so to speak, and they lured me all the way over, and, and I ended up switching after two years. Well, it sounds like you listened to your heart, and you yeah. gave yourself permission to do that. Yeah. That's awesome. It was a big leap. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we are getting ready for grit. Um, what does grit mean to you? Um, I've been thinking about this a lot. Obviously, with grit coming up, I see it modeled all the time in my friends inside and outside of medicine. Um, For me, grit, um, I would sum it up as just being really scrappy. Um, I think that's kind of what I pride myself on being. Um, And I I really think I admire people who stay true to who they are, but do what they do uh, with excellence. And so I think that's my form of grit. That's a fantastic um, definition, and certainly in medicine, we need to have grit to, to get through medicine. Mm-hmm. But then those other aspects of, of ourselves that sometimes we lose mm-hmm. through medicine. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, we have a story around how we came up with this acronym for the meeting, um, and we kept going back and forth with, you know, how do we want grit to look to people? It's not a mono... Um, it's not like a monotonic thing, you know. Right. It really has a lot of dimensions, which is how we came up with a with an acronym for it. We did struggle with what is a part of it and what's outside of it. Um, so being authentic is really your charge at work mm-hmm. and at home. 
What are the kind of challenges that you may have faced in being the authentic you? Um, I think the first challenge was just figuring out who that was. And I've definitely struggled with that my whole life. Um, I think it starts for all of us really early. You know, we all um, are formed by our environment and just by who we are. And I think I was born a pretty intense, outspoken, little bit wild of a person. There could have been a little bit of gender bias with how that was handled when I was a young child Mm -hmm. with those issues. Um, But it ended up uh, with me feeling really nervous about being who I was, and I sort of tried to shrink after uh, you know many years of negative feedback for being like a, a big personality or being a little weird or being who I am. Um, so then I just tried to disappear, um, and oddly enough, that's what made me go into medicine because I saw it as something that would contain me, um, something that where I could just put who I am, which is unacceptable, in a little box, and then go be a doctor, and I could play that role and and kind of stay safe for the sides of me that were maybe a little too much for people. And then it was also very um, fortuitous that I didn't need much sleep. So uh, I I had a lot of energy. I didn't need much sleep. And so becoming a doctor um, fit me physiologically. But uh, personality-wise, from everything I knew about doctors, it didn't seem like a great fit because they didn't seem like me, uh, except for my dad, who I guess is like me. But Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I was actually really scared to go into medicine because I, I just didn't think I would ever be anything but who I was at work. How That's really an interesting perspective. And how has that changed either over time through the stages of medicine or through the stages of your, of your life in terms of being alone mm-hmm. or, or and then having relationships and married and kids? Yeah, it's a miracle that happened. Um, <laughs> I was pretty walled off for a very, very long time, um, just probably based out of fear. Um, I think the thing that summarizes it best, I heard a podcast with, I, I hope I'm getting this right, I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert um, was talking to Brene Brown. <laughs> and um, the thing that really struck me was that unused creativity is not benign. And that's what I was suffering from um, in my life is I had, like I was saying before, put my real self in a box and that started to really eat away at me. And I was pretty miserable. I don't think you ever would have known it if you met me, but, but you know, it was really like e- eating away. And there comes a point where um, I was still very, very functional at work, but, but life was just not working. I mean, didn't, didn't really have a life. I, and I was um, not feeling connected to people. And I'm not sure if there was any particular turning point for that, but it's just not sustainable. And and I think bit by bit, I started letting people in, making friends. Um, I think I was afraid of making close friends because I had these very separate identities of who I was in medicine. Um, and that was sort of an escape from who I really was, which I thought was an awful person. But then I started making friends in my personal life who really accepted me. And then that made me... Um, have a little more courage to to kind of let other people in at work. And then I realized I actually was starting to get a lot better at my job um, in a different way. Um, and I think having a lot more fun with it, too. And that's probably when I discovered anesthesia was a better fit. So, you know, it's very interesting. As I reflect on your answer, what I'm hearing you say, um, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but vulnerability really allows individuals, in your case it did, allow you to embrace mm-hmm. the inner you. 
And yeah. I know Brene Brown, for example, who I'm a big fan of myself, mm -hmm. talks a lot about boundary setting and how that allows us to bring integrity and generosity mm -hmm. um, in our relationships. And I think that's exactly what you did to your relationship with yourself, mm -hmm. uh, whether mm -hmm. it was at work or outside of work. And when you were comfortable allowing that, then the two worlds sort of started mingling. Yeah, um, That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, and of course, Brene Brown has researched this for years and has written books mm -hmm. and stuff. So um, you really are, you know, you, like all the examples in your personal life that you state, I think fit very well with all the research that's been done around this topic under a different name, yeah. but I think it's very relatable. It's amazing when research is right. I know, <laughs> and, 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 and you, you can apply that to your life. Yeah. Yeah. What, what more validating? I guess you don't need a p-value in that totally. case, right? I, I was a late comer to Brene Brown, yeah. and when I read it, I was like, oh, I know. How? Well, I hope she's listening to us or somebody forwards this to her <laughs> so she knows that, you know, we are living by a lot of research that she has conducted. Mm -hmm. um, on that note, just speaking of authentic connections, I just wanted to put a plug in, actually, at Mayo, um, in, at one of our other sites, uh, one of... Uh, our uh, colleagues within the Arizona State University, Dr. Sunia Luther, she has ran a whole program of building authentic connections mm. for physician moms. Mm -hmm. um, and how that actually doesn't only impact your health, uh, whether it's with and your interactions with your patients, but ultimately affects mental well-being of our kids at mm. home, because that mm -hmm. is directly mm -hmm. related um, based on extensive research that she and her group have done to maternal health wow. and well-being. So you're investing in absolutely the right thing, uh, which is hard to do. Mm -hmm. That's an impactful study and time of life, mm -hmm. and certainly um, a difficulty intertwining the authenticity of being a mom, for mm -hmm. me at least, and going through those stages of pregnancy, delivery, mm -hmm returning to work and and mm -hmm. how to be authentic to my kids and my family at home yes and then coming into work mm -hmm. and feeling like i need to turn it off almost yeah and and making those connections though at work was so important mm -hmm. for me to really feel like hey i can i'm here and i'm a physician but i'm also a mom mm -hmm. and vice versa mm -hmm. and then i don't necessarily have to split the two Mm -hmm. Social media has been really helpful for me, yes. um, making those connections. And I, I feel like I could, I say things or I read things that I would maybe have had a hard time doing mm -hmm. in another space. Yeah, I think social media gives us that, um, you know, ha hallway chat time mm -hmm. where you kind of discover who people really are and you say oh I have that in common with with you and mm -hmm. I, I would never have known that had I interacted you with at work because mm -hmm. um or interacted with you at work because you, you just these things don't come up or you've compartmentalized it or I don't feel comfortable um you know in the in the mm -hmm. physician lounge talking about things I may want to talk about uh, we were kind of touching on this earlier where especially going into um it's changing but primarily a male-dominated field uh, both both surgery and anesthesia um i think acting quote unquote like a woman or having my interests or you know acting silly in, a, in as a woman um has has different bearings on your interactions and bonding with people and so you know do i find myself trying to talk about football you know no i like 
the other mm-hmm. day I p- pantomimed like holding a baseball bat and it was actually like a hockey stick in the air like it just doesn't work um but I can joke around with people and I can connect with them when I use my own humor um and then I slowly but surely I've found other women in medicine and it's okay to you know, talk about shoes if I want to or mm-hmm. talk about skincare, and then in the next breath talk about an amazing case or a research interest and it doesn't take one away from the other um and then you know being a mom that's been been complicated for me too I I've always struggled with um showing any weakness or asking for help and that's not to say that being a mom or being pregnant is weakness but it is a time when you're not you know running on all mm-hmm. cylinders like you're used to and mm-hmm. that was a really challenging adjustment for me um and I think I still struggle with uh a, one, one time someone at work said to me, oh, I always forget you're a mom. And for a second, I was like, oh, cool. I'm so proud. And then I was like, oh, that's really messed up. Mm-hmm. Like, that's horrible. I have two amazing kids who probably have trouble seeing me as a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, all my friends, um, for better or worse, say they can't believe I'm a doctor. And that just shows how ingrained our ideas of these two different types of people are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my friends, they say, oh, you know, going out with you and talking to you, I would, I would never guess in a million years what you do. Like, mm-hmm. well, it's maybe good, it may be bad, but yeah. if someone starts choking at the table next to us or coding, you'd know yeah. in a restaurant. <laughs> like, you'd know what I do. Right. Um, no, it, and that's so important. I think irrespective of what professional uniform we wear as human beings for us to be authentic to who we are and, and you know, yet allowing ourselves to fit into a culture, whatever that professional, you know, ground that we work in, is critically important for us to bring our whole self mm-hmm. to work. But also when we go back home, allowing us to embrace that identity mm-hmm. of who we are um, and not having to uh, pretend to be somebody who we are not. Um, so, I mean, thank you for talking out so explicitly in very clear terms, you know, what it means to be one and how anyone. Um, can struggle with this. Mm-hmm. You've shared your journey. I've had my own struggles with my identity and authenticity. I, what do you think? Do you think that as we grow older, I hate to use that word, or as we become more mature, <laughs> mature, mature in life, does does it, it does it help to embrace your authenticity without shame? Yeah, I I, I do think so. I, I when I look at all the people I'm drawn to, it's people just doing them, and you're like, wow. You, I, there's a glow about people mm-hmm. when they are being who they are. Um, they're alluring people that make you feel good, and and I think that's something to strive for. And I think it makes our patients feel good. I think it makes our colleagues feel good. Um, I think part of burnout is we have so many aspects of our lives that are unpredicted and controlled, and then when you combine that with not being able to be who you are, it, it's just a disaster. And if I can come to work and be who I am with these people who see me you know, in the trenches of what we do and, and connect with learners and make them comfortable being who they are um, and connect with patients and, and other staff members and colleagues, it, it makes us all stronger for it and more resilient. It, we can't really change a lot of the work, but we can mm-hmm. change who we are in it, I think, or you know, who we are to each other in it. And yes, who we are to each other and the assumptions we make about mm-hmm. other people mm-hmm. and what I assume certainly of others is only part of the truth, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it, mm-hmm. it, I make assumptions or I think that people are making assumptions about me and that's very yes. threatening too. Yep. 
You know, I can't help but think about this recent movie. I don't know if it's recent. I recently became aware of it, Free Solo. And, you know, this gentleman in the movie, I mean, he's just out there. He is going to climb that mountain. Gosh, I don't recall the name of it. <laughs> but so they did, like, functional MRI studies on his brain, the, mm. neuro, the neuroscientist group there. And he had zero activity in his amygdala, mm. like no fear. He was just authentically committed to his passion. Um, he picked it from his dad. So I'm just kind of thinking about how you got motivated by your dad who, <laughs> who you know, who was, who, I mean, you, you were aware of that identity mm-hmm. and you allowed yourself to go through some pathways and redirect yourself in the same field, but it, with a different identity yeah. uh, without any fear or shame around it. Um, what are some final sort of, uh, you know, three things you might want to share with our listeners today about being authentic in medicine? Um, I think I just want to encourage people to know that there is space to be who you are. Um, It will make you a better colleague and a better doctor, but better for both your patients and your um, connections with people at work. It makes you a better team player. it can be scary. I think it's you have to be in the right environment of psychological safety, and eventually, you know, as a trainee, maybe that's not possible. But eventually, you create that environment for yourself because we do come up in a system of hierarchy, and I don't see that changing anytime soon per se. But you find safe people, you find good role models, um, really stay true to your moral compass, work hard, and then there is a safe place for you to be who you are, and that and that actually. In that, you have a lot to offer. We don't expand any field, um, even science, by just being the same personality. Um, it's not just our science and medicine and technology that has to grow. It's it's who we are and, and what we offer as people doing this. Um, so there is room for, for new personalities and growth in that area, I think. And that might be the next phase of medicine. I mean, I have no idea how many more anesthetic drugs can be invented can't be that many more it, but you, we're gonna have better anesthesiologists as people and who change how we um, function in this field you fantastic ha- mm-hmm. I was just gonna say you have motivated me to continue my love for 80s music without feeling like a dinosaur <laughs> um, with my residents on service thank you so very much uh, we've been talking w- about authenticity being yourself Uh, with our colleague at Mayo Clinic, Dr. Alex Anderson. Thank you so very much for joining us on the show. We look forward to much more from Dr. Anderson in our upcoming GRIT conference in Ojai Valley. (laughs) Thanks. This was an honor.